Hi, my name's Andy Greenway. Welcome to Man Marking. We're asking, where's the talking, lads? You only get into, out of the game where you put into it, Shelley. Mm-hmm. And I put everything into it I could and still do for the people and for the people that I was playing for and the people that I was manager for. I didn't cheat them, I didn't give anything. So I put all my heart and soul to the extent that my family suffered. You regret that at all? Oh, yeah, I regret, oh, I regret it very much, yeah. Somebody said the football's a matter of life and death to you. I said, listen, it's more important than that. Hello and welcome to Man Marking, episode two of season four. Today we have on the show Andy Greenway from Andy's Man Club. Yeah, I, I'm Andrew Greenway and I'm the project development worker for Andy's Man Club. Uh, Andy's Man Club are a, a male peer-to-peer support group uh, and we have groups set up all across the UK. Uh, the big question, Andy, who do you support? I'm a Leeds fan. There is, there's the inevitable silence uh, after you tell uh, somebody I, you're a Leeds fan. I genuinely didn't know how to answer then. <laughs> <laughs> It's um, normally followed by either silence or a sharp intake of breath, like a... Yeah. Or, or just someone logging off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have a fully fit squad to choose from today, and a selection headache as we welcome back Anthony Olsen to the fray. Anthony, how are we? I'm good, I'm good. Glad to be back. Missed one last uh, last time out, but I'm happy to go. Happy to be here, ready to go, I mean. There we go. <laughs> and, and as always, we have the forever present, Danny Reid. Danny, how are you? Uh, horny. Um, Apart from apart from um, that, um, which uh, I can't help you with, how are you? I mean, you definitely could help me with it. You just (laughs) won't text me back. Um, No, happy to see I'm back in the fray. This is the first time we've used the 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 new kit, so we're all we're all around the table. Feel very professional. So yeah, excited, excited. It's good to see the fellas. So as always, we have an opening question, and I want to know from you boys what your favourite Champions League final was. And I'm going to start with you, Danny. So I've gone for the 2010 Champions League final between Barcelona and Man United. I was tempted to go for one of the ones that United won. The 99 one, I think I was probably too young to remember it properly. And the 2008 one wasn't a particularly enjoyable game. But I've gone for the Barca-United game because... At that time, Barca were just absolutely unreal. Possibly the, the greatest iteration of a football team that there has, that has ever been. You get it, up there, it certainly isn't it, the, the, the best club side we've ever seen. Oh, the best I've seen. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so good they got caught born. Yeah, well, exactly. I, 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 there's some legitimacy to that argument because they were so good that the other teams were almost pointless them turning up at times. And United then were like the epitome of a Ferguson's United. There was just... Players all over the gaff who probably had no right to be playing in the Champions League final, but just fit into that system perfectly. And as I've mentioned before, I'm a Wayne Rooney obsessive, um, and he was at the peak of his powers at that time, and he was the, the kind of the leading light of that team. Scored an excellent goal, one of the great Champions League final goals. Just unfortunately, he was on the losing side. I lost me shit when it went in as well, um, <laughs> and then Barcelona just took United apart and were just. Sexy. Well, just on that, um, I just got with Rachel not long before then, and I remember we watched it in mine. And my dad doesn't really support anyone, but he just likes English teams doing well, which is a shit thing. But he, he that's just him. And when that goal went in, he jumped up and he was just like, "You fucking bastard! You've done it!" Ah! And I was sat there with Rachel, like, "Shit, this is a new relationship." Did he then go out in the garden <laughs> and put his Union Jack flag up the pole? Yeah. Same question to you, Ant. 
Yeah, I am. Um, I went for another Man United one. It was that 2008 final. Uh, I think it was one of the last midweek ones as well. I think. Um, I think the 2009 one might have been midweek, but it was obviously United versus Chelsea, both two English teams, and at the time England's football was really, really good. I think you had Ronaldo on on United's side. I think it was his last season there, possibly one more. Um, and he had the likes of Owen Hargreaves, Paul Scholes, and there was a lot going on in the fight. It was pissing down with rain in Russia <laughs> at about one o'clock in the morning. Edwin van der Sar in goal, saving penalties. John Teddy slipping over and crying. Anelka missing a penalty that should have won him it. He still regrets it now, I think, if anyone's ever seen that um, new Nicholas Anelka documentary. Um, it was just great. And mm. It was a proper midweek Champions League final before it went to the Saturdays, which isn't bad. I'm not, I'm not saying it's, it's a bad thing, but it certainly was like, a, oh, yeah, the Champions League's on tonight. Oh, there we go. <laughs> was that yeah, on a plastic bit. pitch? Was that pitch in Moscow a plastic pitch? I don't know, I thought it was grass. Myself. I thought it was grass because I feel like the penalty spot had gone or something. Yeah. I, I do remember there being grass on John Teddy's face yeah. when he was crying. And a lot of tears. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's funny, you both went for United ones. I'm torn between Chelsea ones. Well, actually, no, Bayern Munich ones, I should say. The first one I was going to go for was the Chelsea one just because they dominated. It was at the Allianz Arena. It should never, ever have been. A Chelsea win. Do you know what my well, the memory just, of that game is? Muller walking off. You know, yeah. after when he gets subbed, yeah. given it because he thought he'd won. It, they had no right to win that game. Drogba just went to oh, let let's just um, stop this right here, and he even scored the winning penalty, didn't he? And it was just absolutely crazy. I always remember um, Bertrand started that final. Mm. He barely ever played for Chelsea and just started. The they were decimated, weren't they, with yeah. injuries? Um, but um, the Dortmund. Bayern was the one I'm going to choose because it was just class. It was just end-to-end football. Um, it was a typical Klopp side against uh, like a really good Bayern team. It was drama. The last half an hour, so much happened. Then goal three goals in the last half an hour, and then Robin won it. And it was sort of like heartbreak for Dortmund because they were the massive underdogs. But you just looked at that Bayern team with prime Ribery and prime Robin. You were just like, what a side. It was mad that because it was because Gerton had just signed for Bayern, hadn't he? But he wasn't he injured or suspended in the semi final, and he couldn't play for Dortmund in the final, which and he was moving to Bayern the next summer. That that rings a bell. I think was it Lewandowski was doing the same thing as well. It may well have been, but I don't know if it had been confirmed at that oh, point. Okay. Gerrit had definitely been confirmed. Yeah, and on a free yeah. transfer, Lewandowski as well. Yeah. Think oh, Lewandowski. Lol. That's, that's what Muller was saying around and said the other day, didn't he? Lol, lol, Lewandowski. Every, everyone just went silent. <laughs> he said it again. Love that. It hasn't went. Testing. <laughs> We've all been there. You know, I've all literally been there. So, for those who don't know uh, who Andy Greenway is and what Andy Man Clubs do, uh, could you just give us a bit of a background, Anton, to why we wanted to speak to Andy? Yeah, so I originally found out about Andy's Man Club on Twitter and basically I followed a uh, page that sells like discounted clothes and stuff and they retweeted him quite a lot every week every Monday and I was like oh that's quite interesting I wonder what that's about and obviously when we started this podcast you know it's it's right up our street it's probably something that we should really be involved in and it'd be great to have something like that around here as well and it was one of those things that I thought oh, we should lock into this this is basically what we're about it's what we need to talk about i wonder how it works how it's set up and i spotted that there was a lot uh, around the country i think there's one in exeter and huddersfield and, and other places i think there's quite a number of them so i said suggested it to you two and and it 
it went ahead and it was a it was a good interview. I wasn't there unfortunately, but listening back I was like, oh, it's really good to hear. And it's really good to hear that it's it's a, a positive influence yeah. on such a lot of men around the country. Positivity, I think. Yeah. Keyword, isn't it? Yeah, and you know, men don't have many places to go that doesn't involve a pint, to be honest, yeah, I don't think. Yeah. Um so to to go and have a cup of tea and a, and a chat and you know even you mentioned in the interview that you're going to listen to that sometimes you don't have to say much and you don't have to say anything at all but if you're sitting there and just learning from other people around you yeah. I think as a as a young lad myself listening to other men talk and and talk about what they've gone through and what they do and how they go about things you take little bits from from each person that yeah. you meet so I think as a young lad as well if you're ever going through anything I think these places are perfect to go to because they're really really influential yeah massively yeah and and just on that then um what was this week's theme Dan? yeah so the theme we picked for this week was was actually a quote from uh, andy greenway from the episode which you're about to hear which was whoever you are come through the door and that's kind of i wouldn't say it was an official slogan of andy's man club but it's almost like the unofficial tagline any person any fella you know, at any stage in life, any age, any background, any race, religion, creed, whatever it might be, you're welcome to come through the door. And uh, as Anne just said then, you're welcome to speak or not to speak. You can just come and listen. And that's their mantra. And that's what's so good about it. And it's, it's yeah, I think just listen to it and kind of get a better well, understanding of what they're about. Because often you get these moments in your life, you go on, am I the only one who's thinking this? Mm. Or am I the only one who's going for this? How does anyone else deal with it? It can be quite hard to go and, speak to someone and open up and go, oh, how do you deal with this? Yeah. Because you might get a, a, an answer like, come on, a bit of common sense about you. But to go and sit and, and, and listen to people talk about these experiences and these these things in their life must be, and, and probably is, really, really helpful for, yeah. for everyone who goes there. Yeah, yeah it's quite so. interesting, really. You, d- you don't want other people to suffer, but there is something positive around knowing other people going through the same thing if yeah. that makes sense because you, it makes you feel like you're not alienated or you're the only one doing it so the fact that there's not much structure to the clubs whereby you don't have to go and share I think is really good okay that's enough of us um, we'll now play the interview for you you're listening to Man Marking see you on the other side Obviously, Andy, this uh, the podcast about men and men's mental health and mental health yep. within sports. Could you give us an idea as to why you agreed to do an interview with us? Well, part of it was football just recently have been very, very kind to Andy's Man Club. Um, and it's a demographic, obviously, that is quite relevant to us. You know, the sort of blokes, 18 plus, um, are, are sort of who we're, we're open to, really. Um, and, it, you know, if we're quite honest, that's sort of a football demographic. We've yeah. had some amazing support recently from teams such as Leeds United, Huddersfield Town, um, who've, I mean, Huddersfield Town have been fantastic for us this year and they've they've given us like advertising hoardings around the side of the pitch and had us on the pitch at half times at games and um, do you remember the start of the season when there was all that hoo-ha with their kit and the yes. betting company? Yes, hour, wasn't it? Yeah, um, well obviously one of the beneficiaries from that was Andy's Man Club as well, so Huddersfield Town have really looked after us this year. Um, and again, Leeds United, the players at the last game that we played, funnily enough, against Huddersfield Town, both teams warmed up in the Andy's Man Club t-shirts. Oh, that's um, and we've had spots in the programme and things like that as well. So it's been 
you know, football this year has been kind to us. Um, what I wanted to know is for people who don't know what it is that you guys do, could you break it down what the day-to-day workings are of Andy's Man Club? Day to day, Andy's Man Club. Obviously, the clubs themselves meet every Monday night, seven pm. Um, and before, obviously, all this lockdown and, and everything was stopped, we were opening our doors to just under a thousand men a week. Wow. We're walking through the doors of those clubs. Um, we operate in as much as we're open to any man over eighteen. There's no referral, no registration, no signing in, no cost. Guys can literally walk through the door, grab a brew, and sit and talk as much or as little as they feel comfortable to. Um, you know, they can say not a word if they, you know, getting through the doors, obviously the hardest step. Um, while obviously our aims are to reduce suicide rates in men, men don't have to have had suicidal thoughts or a mental health condition to attend. They can just be, you know, going through a storm or just been through a storm or have a storm on the horizon, maybe. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, they're able to walk through the doors and share as much or as little as that as they're comfortable to do so. And what's said in the room stays in the room. So is it kind of like a welcome space for, for all men, uh, no discrimination, no judgments, to just come and feel welcome? Exactly that. Fantastic. So how did you actually get involved? I first got involved as a group user uh, just around about three years ago. Um, I'd been in a situation before that where I was your archetypal northern boy, you know, into his football, into his rugby league, who, you know, was chin up, chest out, and any problem don't get through to me sort of thing. You know, I would, I would tough exterior it and not talk about them. Um, and that basically got to a stage where um, they would then come forward as outbursts and shows of anger and shows of aggression um, rather than anything else. And I think that's sort of, I think it's socially acceptable for blokes to be angry, isn't it? Rather than for them to show any other type of emotion. It's not really yeah. acceptable for a bloke to cry, but it's yeah. socially acceptable for a bloke to kick off. Um, and I think that was sort of the, the trap I'd fallen into, really. Um, and as I say, from being a rugby league fan, our founder, uh, a gentleman called Luke Campbell, is a former professional rugby league player. Um, and he was playing for Halifax at the time. So I'd sort of seen this and sort of thought, you know, if he's telling me it's okay to talk and he's into sort of some of the similar things that I'm into, he's just a, you know, a bloke from, you know, the same town and city that I came from, ironically enough. But I just thought, I'll go and give this a try. Um, yeah. And I walked through the doors and ironically enough now, you know, walking through the doors of that very first ever club, you know, I, I was convincing myself not to speak, you know, walking into an organisation whose tagline and it had been part of the campaign. Well, Luke had actually started the It's OK to Talk campaign a few years previous to that. Um, you know, you remember with the, you know, sort of show an OK sign and tag and share five and all those yeah, sort of things. The campaign. Um, and like I said, I was walking into an organisation telling me it's OK to talk saying you don't have to talk when you go in here. You can talk, you know, you join in, answer the questions, see what it's about, but, you know, you don't have to go too deep into why you're here. It's really interesting that, isn't it? Because we did a podcast the other day um, and we touched on the fact that, you know, everyone encourages guys to speak out mm-hmm. uh, and reach out and that's largely dependent on your ability. But to go to a space where, you know, you're told you don't actually have to speak, you can kind of get some some comfort and release some like negative feeling in, in mm-hmm. other ways. Well, definitely. I mean, from a personal perspective, I, I didn't want to talk and didn't want to share too much because it was fear of judgment. Um, and it was those stigmas again. I think those sort of a bloke shouldn't talk about how he's feeling. And I was sort of thinking, if I go into this room and actually tell these guys how I feel, I'm going to yeah. get out of the place. Whereas, 
it, it only took me a couple of minutes really to sort of feel comfortable enough to, you know, Andy's Man Club runs on a sort of question basis and we, we have five questions a week. Um, and again, you can partake as much or as little as you want to on those ones. First question came around and it's always, how's your week been? And I talked out my backside. I said, oh, I've had a great week. I've had no problems. It's been sound. By question three coming around, which is an opportunity to get something off your chest, this ball landed in my hands and I was in a position where I was comfortable to share. Um, and I, I felt almost instantly com- comfortable. Beyond that, obviously, after attending the groups, I went on to um, facilitating the group and uh, I ran the group that was started in Oldham. Um and beyond there, like I say, I've, I've now been given the opportunity to work for the organisation, um, which is an absolute honour, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, because you've been in, in the set. I mean, I don't know what you call, is it client service users, the guys that come in? They're just lads, yeah. you know, they are what they are, you know, they're just guys, they're, they're men like any other men. Um, yeah. And I think that, that's one of the reasons why it's so powerful, it's so sort of reassuring, I suppose, because... All of our groups and all of our facilitators are guys who've taken that step through the door themselves. You know, yeah. they all, that, that's sort of how we work. That's how we grow, really, that the guys take the groups off and, and, you know, once they've attended one, they want one closer to home. And that's sort of how we grow. Like I said, we're, we're just trying to get out there and show guys that we are just regular lads, like everybody else is. Um, you know, but that said, we cover absolutely every single walk of life. You know, there's guys in there who, you know, obviously we're talking now in regard to football. There's guys in there who've never watched a football game in their life. Right. Getting on like a house on fire with a fella that used to be a, you know, a boot boy and go tear it up in the 80s. You know yeah. what I mean? And, you know, these completely different people getting on together because, you know, the, the, yeah, so like I said, we, we cover absolutely every single walk of life in that room. So I know you touched on it before. Um the reason that the club started um, was because... Could you, like, give a, a brief overview of that again, just for I people? I can, yeah. yeah. Uh, Andy's Man Club started in Halifax uh, just under four years ago. Uh, a young gentleman called Andy Roberts, um, a 23-year-old lad, and he was, you know, a 23-year-old lad like thousands of others, used to enjoy his weekends out with the lads or playing football and, you know, w- was very much a jack-of-the-lad, jack-the-lad sort of character. Um, and one day, without any sign, signal or warning, Andy took his own life. Um, and the club was started by Elaine, Andy's mum, and Luke, Andy's brother-in-law. Um, basically with the idea of, we need to stop as many families having to go through the pain and suffering that they were having to experience. The first group that they, they had in Halifax was just in a, a little um, you know, community room up in a little district of Halifax, and nine guys turned up. You know, in a place like Halifax, for nine guys to show up to something like that, yeah, phenomenal. Um, and like I say, for us to be touching on a thousand guys, you know, it just shows you the needs, doesn't it? The, definitely, the needs there. definitely. You provide a service that. that you know is very much needed. Definitely, and not just that. I mean, obviously, we know that there's you know almost five thousand guys a year taking their own lives. What is the aim in the future? Is it is it always to mitigate suicide? Obviously, that's the ultimate. That would be fantastic to bring these stats down. Um, but what are the other hopes? Well, I think that's always got to be the aim. It was the aim the day that we opened the doors and it'll continue to be. I mean, we had a facilitator training session middle of February um, where we got a load of our facilitators from around the country to just come up and just have a weekend with us. And we looked back at one of the videos that was made uh, about Andy's Man Club in the early days and we sort of sat there and said, listen, that's exactly the same as what we are now. You know, the, the only thing that's changed is that we've got more than, you know, four or five clubs now. 
you know, the, 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 the targets and the aims will never change and we'll always have that safe space for men to be able to walk into, irrelevant of their circumstances, irrelevant of their background, you know, whoever they might be, they're always welcome to walk through the doors and talk at Andy's Man Club. The other aims that we have is obviously to challenge the stigmas. Um, you know, that there is still, unfortunately, those stigmas around men talking especially, but I think anybody talking about, you know, feelings and mental health and all those different things. So we hope to get out there and, and honestly, you know, to coin our original phrase that we used four years ago, to tell people it's okay to talk. You know, you don't yeah. have to feel ashamed about talking about how you feel. And, you know, we shared something on our page um, a few months ago now, and it still resonates with me now that said, I'd rather sit and listen to you talk about your problems to me for two hours than sit and listen to a 15-minute eulogy. Yeah, well, absolutely. And, you know, that, that's, that's as powerful as you need it to be, really. So uh, you must, I mean, you were obviously inspired to get involved um, you must inspire people now who also like to, you know, volunteer or get involved. Do you see that a lot with the guys who come through the doors? Yeah, I mean, the, a lot of the guys obviously see the benefit that it's had for them and it becomes infectious and they want to take that out and help other people. As I said, the, the guys that facilitate our sessions are guys that have taken that step through the door, guys who've been in those dark places, guys who know what it's like to um to feel those feelings and to have those thoughts and whatever else and they, they they just want to get out there and support other guys you know once they're in a position to want to support other people they get out there they bang the drum you know all of our team of facilitators are a, a, a phenomenal bunch of fellas absolutely staggering bunch of guys that you know they still go through their dark days they still have their issues and yet they still turn up every single monday night to help other people and they still, you know, spend time during the week telling people that Andy's Man Club is there. Um, so, yeah, they, they, once you're involved, it's proper infectious. Um, just picking up on that, yeah, so you, you were saying um, about the about the sessions themselves. Mm -hmm. If I was, say, say, for example, like myself or Ryan or, or anybody else was to walk into one, how would, how would it look? What would the session involve? Well, you wouldn't walk through the door on your own, first and foremost. Um we have guys standing outside the venues wearing Andy's Man Club t-shirts and what have you so that the guy can basically sort of walk up to somebody. He, he doesn't have to take that step on his own. You know, we, we know how difficult it is to walk through the door. You know, you can meet somebody outside and just sort of walk up to them and they'll, they'll sort of turn around to you and go, are you here for Andy's Man Club, mate? They'll say, yeah. And from that moment, they'll take you inside. They'll, they'll sort of not hold your hand, but they'll put that hand on your shoulder and say, well, listen, do you know what? The support starts here. Um, you know, we'll we'll take you through the door. We'll grab the go grab a brew. Um, you know, some of the clubs have cakes baked by the missuses of the guys that attend because you know the missuses are so happy that the guys have found somewhere they're you know obviously comfortable with. Some of the clubs just have pound shop biscuits, whatever they might be. So you know, there'll always be the opportunity to sit down, grab a brew, grab a biscuit, and then it's literally you know sit down in this circle. There's a ball gets passed around. Um, when you have that ball, that's your opportunity to speak. If you don't want to speak, you just pass that ball on to the next person. And again, there's no judgment if that's what you want to do. There's no judgment about what it is that you choose to say. Um, you know, you can talk as much or as little as you feel comfortable to. Um, and like I say, what what's said in the room stays in the room as well. Do you? Um, how long do the sessions last for, Andy? Uh, roughly two hours. Like I say that. Some venues, we obviously we're, we're really fortunate that all 28 of our venues at this moment in time are given to us free of charge. 
Um, some of those obviously close at nine o'clock, so we have to sort of dash out at nine o'clock. Others of them are open a little bit later, so some of the guys get a little bit of a you know a buffer to have a last brew if they need to. Um, but as a rule, it's seven till nine. And this is kind of probably a little bit of a technical question, but um, so my background is I work in 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 healthcare, mm-hmm. and one of the things that, that I was wondering when I was reading about it, which I don't know, I don't, I mean, I don't know how much you can go into it, but is that what what's the sort of thing around? You know, if there's something that somebody brings up that you might have some concerns about in terms of things that be linked to like safeguarding and things like that, do you have any responsibility with that type of thing? How does that sort of stuff work? If we have direct concerns that somebody's um, a danger to themselves or somebody else, then we would involve 999. Yeah. Um, You know, we've always said we're not professionals. We are peer-to-peer. If somebody's in need of professional help, then, you know, we'll, we'll dial the nine straight away. Yeah, absolutely. And in terms of the, the the type of lads that come down, do you have like a, a a sort of, you know, is there an age group of people that seem to be the most common group of people that, that turn up or is it quite vast in terms of 18 plus? It's as vast as you want it to be. Like I say, we, we've got guys that we know that come through the door that are 18. Our youngest facilitator um, is 19 years old. You know, he's a guy that's got young uh, young shoulders with an old head. Um <laughs> He's, uh, you know, all the way up to, like I say, with us having no referral registration or signing in process, we don't know who the oldest guy is that comes, but we know of a guy that comes to one of the clubs that's 88. Oh, wow. And, you know, everything in between. And like I say, there's every single background you can imagine there. There's different age, shape, size, race, colour, creed, background, sexual orientation, you know, whatever... um, whatever you're going through or whatever it is, you know, whoever you are, if you're a man over 18, you come through the door. And is that quite uncommon to have people who are of a slightly older generation attending? Do you find that it's normally sort of slightly younger people? Um, like I said, we get a, 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 a massive mix. Um, you know, we, we do know that we're getting through to guys that are, you know, I suppose if you were wanting to pigeonhole them, say middle age, you know, there are guys of that age group that come. Um, I mean, just before we were obviously touched on the statistics and things like that. I mean, if you start to break those statistics down, I think it's guys that are around the sort of 45 to 55 region that are in the highest percentile, isn't it, of guys that are taking their own yeah. lives. We know of guys that are of that age group that are coming along to AMC. We know guys that are 18 that are coming along to AMC. We know guys, like I say, that are 88 that are coming along to AMC. So, you know, we, we cover absolutely every every base on that one. It's interesting that really, because that, that exact same statistic was what we were kind of, Basing our when we were starting the podcast around was the average age of um, the average sort of demographic for a, a Premier League football fan and the average average demographic of the you know the highest percentage for male suicides mm-hmm. is almost completely exactly the same and we were just like there's no way that can be a coincidence there's just no, no way that it wouldn't make any sense um, so kind of moving on then to to, to sort of suicide rates mm-hmm. obviously is is a difficult topic. Um, you'll know this as much as anybody else, but men generally are quite poor at talking about health, whether it's mental or physical. Mm -hmm. Do you think there's any sort of specific reason for that? I think it goes back to what we said before about stigmas. I think it's still very much perceived as weak for men to show, you know, I mean, physical illness, they don't want to show that they are physically weaker than anybody else. You know, as far as mental health is concerned, they don't want to show any sort of weakness. I think, you know, Luke touched on it in one of the videos that he did a few years ago where he says that 
you know, there's three main stigmas really. There's weakness, burden, and embarrassment. And, you know, guys don't want to show the weak. They don't want to show, um, they don't want to be a burden on anybody else. And with obviously all the banter and stuff like that that flies around, they don't want to have any embarrassment. They don't want to have something that somebody can sort of levy towards them uh, that they can sort of use for ammunition, if you like. Uh, mm. And I think those are those are sort of the uh, the main stigmas that are the reasons behind men not talking personally. It's interesting that you, you use that way of banter because one of the topics that we've kind of discussed, particularly with sort of current and, and former footballers, mainly sort of former footballers who've probably came through maybe in the early and mid-90s, was around that yeah. kind of idea of the kind of dressing room environment that's 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 quite tough and, and you know, it kind of prepares you for what life as a footballer yeah. be. But then equally, if you don't have the right personality, you're not going to be able to survive in that environment. And we've Definitely. kind of... Gone. It, it's it's very interesting to look at that. You know, so a lot a lot of people at that age group kind of think that nowadays it's a bit too soft, right? But maybe back then it was a little bit too tough, and it's about trying to find a balance. But yeah, I think that's that's the most difficult thing, isn't it? Because I think there are big positive elements about the way that guys are able to just take the mick out of each other. But it, it's it's finding that point where it doesn't tip over. Definitely, I mean. If you walk through the doors of an Andy's Man Club, while obviously the subject matter that we're dealing with and the sessions obviously are really serious and you know we are there to be as serious as you want, I've never, ever, ever sat in an AMC and not laughed. There's yeah. always laughter. There's always a bit of crack flying around. Like you said, there is banter because you throw lads in a room, you know, any bunch of lads over 18, they are going to find reasons to have a laugh and have a joke and, you know, football on occasion is, is the reason behind it or, you know... So those sort of things can still exist without them needing to be nasty. You know, I yeah. think it, I think in the past it's certainly been, you know, acceptable to use the the, the thing that you know is going to get a reaction out of somebody to, to sort of levy at them to c create a laugh for everybody else. Um, but like I said, as, as far as Andy's Man Club is concerned, like I said, I've sat in those rooms and had absolutely some of the best nights I've ever had in my life sat in a, a male suicide prevention organisation. Do you know what I mean? It's it's not yeah. the, the sort of... Um, I don't think it's what you expect. Um, but, it, it, like I said, the relationships as well that develop, you know, a lot of the guys obviously liken it to a brotherhood. You know, mm -hmm. you can't sit into a room and hear somebody talk about the darkest recesses of the mind without forming a bond with them. And, you know... Once you get to that level of closeness with a bunch of lads, there is going to be crack, there is going to be banter, there is going to be laughs and jokes, um, and so there should be. Yeah, I think that's the best way of dealing with it. I think Definitely. It, I think it needs to be, as you say, you know, uh, Ryan and I have been mates for almost sort of 10, 11 years now and played for various football teams together, and I think the thing that, that's always brought us closest together has been that environment where we're able to take the piss out of each other. Definitely. But it, but it doesn't tip over into, you know, you can you can take the piss out of each other, but also at the same time, I know that if it's something serious, I can text them and be like, look, do you mind just leaving this? And he'll be like, yeah, sounds. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's There's that level of respect, isn't there? And yeah. you both know where that line is and you both know that you respect each other and it means that you can have that, you know. On occasion, we, we promote, prompt, you know, laughs and jokes. I mean, just a couple of weeks ago, one of our questions in the session was, what was the last thing that made you laugh out loud? Um, you know, just to sort of get guys to to sort of look on the lighter side of life, and you know, if you go out of a room laughing when you've walked in, you know, dragging your wrists on the floor at the lowest possible point you can be at, yeah, that's a complete turnaround. Yeah, and it's 
And it's interesting that you kind of take that approach because I would imagine that there are a lot of people who might look at that type of thing and go, I'm not going to that. It looks it looks proper grim. I'm not yeah. going there. But if you make it an environment where people are going to go, just come down and have a laugh. And if you want yeah, exactly. to talk about something, just talk about something. I think Definitely. That's, that's such a good approach. In terms of like you were talking about the stigma and that sort of thing, Andy, do you think it's a situation that's improving? I do, yeah. Um, like I say, there's, there's an awful lot more conversation uh out there about people talking about this sort of thing and um you know it, it, it is starting to change slowly but surely whether or not that's because i'm working in it day to day and i'm working around guys who i know are more comfortable talking about that sort of thing and more open i don't know um but like i say to see organizations such as you know we touched on it previously with huddersfield town and Leeds united getting involved you know that they might not have touched it with a barge pole ten years ago. Yeah, but now they're, they're quite happy because they know that you know the, the guys that are coming along to their games are in need of, of knowing about this sort of thing, and you know the better for it. I think. Do you have any concern? Because we were we were talking. We had a uh, we had Neville Southall on the other the night, and yeah. um, he was talking about how whilst. Lots more people talking about mental health is a good thing. He's got some concerns about people almost jumping on the bandwagon with it. And do you have any concerns about sort of people kind of getting involved in it because it's fashionable and it being detrimental in the long run? Or am I kind of being too cynical in, in even proposing that? I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm sure there will be people out there. Um, but I think that's one of the, the bonuses about Andy's Man Club in that we don't judge people. Um, you know, if they're coming along to Andy's Man Club for... Um, whatever reason it might be, um, then they're coming along for their own particular reason. Like I said, I'm sure there are people that are out there and I'm sure that, you know, if they're there because it's fashionable, they're not going to be there in 10, 15 years' time when we're still out there banging the drum because it's something we firmly believe in and something that we have seen the benefit in. And it's it's interesting, really, because organisations like like yourselves, is it's kind of one of those things where it's a bit of a catch-22 in a way because if you sort of... If you set out to achieve what you want to achieve, it it might negate the need for the existence of it. If you see what I mean, do you not? Do you, do you get what I mean? Like that kind. Fully, fully agree with you. Yeah, I mean, one of Andy's man clubs. You know, I mean, we talked about it earlier with Ames and things like that. But in an ideal world, we don't want to have to exist. Yeah, we want we want guys to feel comfortable enough talking about what's going on inside, so they don't feel the need to come to an Andy's man club. If we can challenge the stigmas to that such to such a degree that we're opening our doors on a Monday night and nobody's walking through them because everybody's in a situation where they've got somebody they can rely on and somebody they can talk to. That's amazing. That That's, you know, ultimate aim. With. But I, I just think... want to say, I think what you're doing is absolutely brilliant. And I love the way you go about it, the name, attitude, and the setup doesn't make you feel like you're in therapy, but the therapy comes as a byproduct of what you're doing. Um, and even things like CBT and whether it's a doctor's appointment, obviously all the name is linked naturally to what people might think is a weakness or an illness, whereas Andy's Man Club, it could be a running club, it could be a group of fellas that are like a book club, and I love that environment where it just feels really comfortable and natural. Well, first of all, thank you for that, and that was part of the sort of idea behind the name. I remember, um, obviously I wasn't involved in the setting up of the, the group, but obviously working in the organisation. Now I know that Elaine and Luke talk about it, and Elaine sort of said she wanted it to, to be that if one of the guys is maybe not wanting to tell his missus where he's going, he can just sort of turn around and go, oh, I'm just nipping, I'm just off to Andy's. He's a lad from work. Do you know what I mean? And he's not really lying to his missus. Yeah. He's off to Andy's, and he's coming to Andy's man club. Do you know what I mean? So it, it was sort of there to, 
sort of challenge a couple of those uh, challenges, if you like. Yeah, that's brilliant. So I think because I think that's really a, a, a strong point because. I mean, I know people who's, who are trying to, to do some CBT at the moment, and you can almost say they're almost embarrassed to say it when really they should be celebrating they've took that first step. Definitely. But sometimes Definitely. the name itself just has that attachment. It can do, yeah. Like I say, it was, it, you know, the name itself obviously wanted they wanted it to be something around Andy because um, obviously that Andy was the reason behind um, them wanting to go and do something. They didn't want it to be, you know purely about Andy it was about the guys as well that can be helped and have been helped and will be helped and all the other sides of that as well so I know you touched on at the start of your sessions you'll have um, guys with t-shirts on outside and you, you'll uh, obviously have a drink and maybe a biscuit to just to, yeah. to ease people in I'm thinking of anybody listening who's maybe trying to help others or somebody in their life to open up what, what have you found that works because sharing almost seems contagious but being the first to share is never easy it's not no um you know, like I say, I was I was in that sort of circumstance where I didn't want to share the things that were going on in my life because I didn't want to be that. You know, nobody wants to be the bloke in the boozer that brings the atmosphere down, do they? Um, no. And nobody wants to be that one that everybody sort of rolls their eyes as soon as they, oh here we go again. But it's like you say, I think as soon as somebody does take that step and does speak to somebody, you know, it it, it opens so many doors. I mean, since I've been involved with Andy's Man Club, I've had mates of mine who you would not expect to be guys that are struggling that have just dropped me a text and they just sort of say, what's this Andy's Man Club all about? Um, and, you know, a couple of them I know have been through the door, but there's some of them that just know that they now know they can talk to me. I think that's really important. I think if you put yourself out there as somebody who's willing to listen, if somebody's willing to talk, it's such a massive thing. Um, you know, and that one person can then lead on to, you know, you can if if you I've been in a circumstance like I say where a mate of mine drew me up and said, "Fancy a quick pint? We've nipped out for a pint." And because he knows that I'm open to having these conversations, halfway through second beer, he's sort of going, "Had a bit of a tough couple of months, to be honest with you." And then you can start turning around, and I'll say to him, "Oh, well, do you know what? Next time we go out for a beer, let me ring so and so, bring him with us because he's had exactly the same sort of thing." And it can, do you know what I mean? Just normalizing those conversations and just showing somebody that you're open to having those sort of discussions. Um, you know, because it's so it's so easy to sell it to somebody go and talk. But part of the reason why Andy's Man Club does what we do so effectively is because we give people the place to go and do that as well. No, that that, that sounds spot on. I, I, what I find, I don't want to use the word funny, but I suppose mm. with men, although we don't share much, when you do share with another man or a group of mates, uh, often people are taken back by how much men care. Like you assume because we don't share that we don't care, and it, often it's just we're not very good at articulating our feelings. Definitely. But I know for a fact, especially with my group of friends, and it might be the same for yourself, you almost have this, going back to what Danny said about banter, is I might take the piss out of you, but no one else can sort of attitude exactly. to life, where it's like, if you're down, I'm down, so what's the problem? Exactly. I mean, just to touch on that, I know of a story of one of the guys that now, he's a facilitator at one of our clubs, and he's a builder, um, you know, one of the lads on the site, you know, area-ass builders out for a beer after every session, all the rest of it, and every other sort of stigma that goes along with that, I think. And the first night that he wanted to come along to AMC, he just had to go and say to his gaffer, oh, do you mind if I leave a bit early tonight? And his gaffer turned around to him and says, oh, yeah, no worries, where are you going? Sort of thing, just sort of say, you know, making sure that he wasn't swinging it. Yeah. And he sort of thought to himself, well, if I'm going to go to this place that's talking, I'm going to tell him where I'm going. So he turned around and he went, oh, I'm going to somewhere called Andy's Man Club. 
unfortunately enough, his gaffer had heard about it and turned around and went, oh, man, yeah, you know what? And, and, you know, they went through a little bit of a stage of, you know, you know, you can come and talk to me and all those sort of different things. And as he walked out of the office, he started to think to himself, wow, do you know what? I was expecting him to sort of shrug that off and sort of go, all right, then, you know, and turn it yeah. up. Gets to dinner time and all lads are just sitting around sort of, you know, they've just thrown the forks and the shovels into the ground or what have you. Having a chat and this gaffer turned around to the rest of the lads and went, hey, yeah, tell this lot where you're going tonight. And he sort of thought to himself, oh, you know, he's throwing me under the bus here, aren't he? Do you know what I mean? This is where it's going to open itself up now and I'm going to get piss ripped out of me. Yeah. All these lads where he was going and the fella turned around to him next to him and just went, you know what, I've been there a few years ago, I made an attempt on my own life and, you know, all these different things. And they almost ended up having this little mini Andy's man club round these shovels and sandwich boxes on a building site. That's you know, amazing, like yeah, that's an amazing story. Definitely. It's like you say, if you were up and up to one person, and it can be the person that you least expect it to be. You know, we've talked about the, you know, the sort of demographic around football. I know a lot of the guys that, you know, they below they, they sort of attach themselves to firms or whatever it might be, but they still want to talk about what's going on inside. You know, oh, yeah. and like I say, you're sort of thinking, oh, is is the fella that you know every Saturday afternoon goes and tears up a trading estate in a low league town? He's actually really struggling. Um. And yeah, it's phenomenal once you open up to having those sort of talks and those discussions, the amount of people that will actually listen and help you and, you know, accompany you on to Andy's Man Clubs. You know, we get guys that walk through the doors that are, oh, I'm just here to support my mate. You know, my mate needed to come down, he needed a, a shoulder. And they turn it, they see the benefit of talking themselves and they keep coming back themselves as well. So That's a fantastic ripple effect, isn't it? And um, you're just you've been the facilitator for that to happen. I think what we found is we we always laugh on this show, and it's come up a few times about how we've never seen our mates cry apart from at the football. So like we're we're Tranmere fans, and we've been to Wembley the last two years, and and um, after a barren spell of about twenty years of few relegations and not winning anything, it's funny to see some of your friends you've known your whole life tough as nails outspoken loud fellas brought to tears by by, by the football yep. and that's sort of what we wanted to do with this podcast because it can be an unbelievable vehicle for men to talk about the emotions both positively and negatively but we've had um quite a few ex-pros on the show who talked yeah. about being on antidepressants while at a football club and mm. too scared to tell the club because they thought it'd impact getting a new contract being in the yep. starting lineup and being seen as a weakness what what have you found is the most powerful action from a sports club of of, of any sport? Um, well, again, like I say, with Luke being a former rugby league player, we've had quite a lot of support from rugby league. Um, one of the the biggest things that got us, and I'm going to bring it back round to Huddersfield Town. Um, you know, obviously, we had Mark Hudson. Uh, you know, the former sort of Cardiff and oh, yeah. um, he came on our podcast a few weeks ago. Um, and he's been in a circumstance where he's experienced suicide in his family and things like that. And um, he he sort of said that he opened up to one person in his football club and that happened to be his gaffer. And it, I think it sort of touches on what you were saying there about the former pros, not wanting it to be too well-known throughout the, the sort of thing, I suppose. So, um, Almost used against them at times. Yeah, definitely. But Mark shared his story. Um, not only did Huddersfield Town give us advertising space for free this season and look after us with sponsorship and all sorts of different things. They've, uh, at the Leeds game, ironically enough, um, they had us playing a five-a-side pitch on uh, five-a-side game on the pitch at half-time and dedicated the programme to us. So on the wow. front of the programme were three guys doing the OK to talk sign 
There was articles in the programme about Andy's Man Club. There was Mark Hudson sharing his own story in there. And, you know, that that's breaking so many barriers. Um, and again, to touch on the fact that Leeds United have done something very similar to, from a personal perspective, obviously being a, a Leeds fan, seeing those players warming up in Andy's Man Club t-shirts in front of 35,000 people, you know, and again, they put something in their programme as well. It, it's just phenomenal to see the shift and the change coming from huge players in these sports that, you know, it, it, well, like I said, I'm speechless. No, I can see that. And I think it seems like a genuine attempt from both those clubs as well. It's not It's not one of these sort of, you see it with online betting, that the little caption that they might put around yeah. sports stadiums, uh, when enough is enough. And it's just their social responsibility and every yeah. club will have the same generic message. But when a sports club, even in championship level, where we still have some massive, massive clubs. That is such a powerful tool. And I think this, I don't think there should be a responsibility on a club, but when they do, the impact is so great. Definitely. But like I say, we don't know that impact because, you know, it's like you talked about ripple effect earlier. If one person has picked up from that and walked through the doors of Andy's Man Club, then it's been worthwhile. You know, that that's one of our major themes is that one man. And we're, we're just trying to reach out to one man at a time. And if one man's benefited from it, then the ripple effect is that that's one family that's still got a son. That's one child that's still got a dad. That, do you know what I mean? And, and that ripple effect is huge. You know, It's not just about one person or one man taking his life. It's about the, the other people that are left behind and affected by it afterwards. And you know that, that can never be underestimated. And for anybody listening who is, who's unsure how best to approach discussing their mental health, what, what would sort of like your one piece of advice be? Again, I'm I'm gonna sort of not go with the cliche because it's not a cliche, but talk to somebody. You know, whether or not that somebody is a family member, a friend, a doctor, a GP, somebody on the phone of the Samaritans walking through the doors of an Andy's Man Club or joining one of our online platforms, obviously in the lockdown circumstance we're in, talk to someone. You know, there is always people out there that will listen. And do you find, um, is it Monday nights that you, your sessions run? It is, yeah. Is it quite hard to be limited to that one day? Do you get fellas that feel like then there's a need, uh, like on a Wednesday or a Saturday, and is it hard to sometimes switch off from it just being a Monday? Well, a lot of our clubs, it's like I said earlier, they, they turn into a brotherhood. And, you know, I know certainly, I mean, I'll use our Leeds club as an example. On a Thursday night, they go down to a coffee shop, you know, between six and nine and just sit and have a brew. You know, it's not an Andy's Man Club. There isn't sort of the format of an Andy's Man Club, but they're just guys that are sitting there. And if you've had a tough few days from Monday, you know, you can set yourself up for the weekend again. Or, you know, a lot of our clubs, again, our Halifax Club, for example, have a five-a-side team that go and play on a Friday night. Just lads that have met in a club that, you know, so all of these sort of additional extras, if you like, come as quite a a natural organic sort of byproduct of being part of Andy's Man Club. Um so the support, even though we we are there on a Monday night, it's not just confined to a Monday night, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I was you took the words out of my mouth. I was gonna say it sounds very organic. I, I imagine there's there's guys in there who are now will be best friends for life who have who have met through the group. Definitely. It must be great to just see people's confidence grow as the weeks go by as well. Well, not just that, you can see it as nights go by. I've sat in sessions before with a guy that's walked through the door for the first time 
And you can tell by the body language that he's a little bit anxious, he's a little bit awkward, he doesn't really know what's going to happen. And as soon as that ball lands in his hand, by the time he's right of question three and four, he's sort of maybe sat back in his chair a little bit. He's maybe uncrossed his legs. He's, you know, his leg isn't bouncing anymore. You can see people's body language change in the, you know, as they sat right in front of you. Any reason why this couldn't go international and we could see some crop up in other countries? I, d- I don't see any reason why it can't. You know, we were, we hope that that can be um, something that we can come onto down the line. At this moment in time, you know, we've talked about the size of our organisation. We've got sort of 28, 29 clubs around the country. We've got two full member, full-time members of staff and one part-time. You know, we're a tiny team as, as far as actual resources and things like that. Obviously, our team of facilitators, you know, are absolutely invaluable to us. It would just be about sort of human resources as to why we couldn't at this moment in time. And what we always want to make sure that we are is sustainable. You know, we don't want to throw something out there that we have to then turn around in a couple of weeks' time and say, that's not worked. Do you know what I mean? We, we want to make sure yeah. that what we set up is set up in the right way. It's set up to be sustainable. It's set up to last because, you know, once it's in place and it's helping people, we don't want to have to remove that for whatever reason. So. Welcome back. You're listening to Man Marking. Uh, that was Andy Greenway's interview just then. We, we thought it'd be a good idea to, to do a bit of a an, uh, mini Andy's Man Club discussion uh, post-interview. And what we wanted to start, we were just asking, go around the table asking a few questions. And the first question we got is just to Ant. Just how's your week been? My week's been good. Um, I haven't done too much. I haven't put a lot of pressure on myself in terms of giving some exercise or anything like that. So... Kind of had a nice bit of a week off, but I'm going for a few um, few walks around the park and sitting on a bench. And the cricket's been back on, so I've been able to listen to that during work, which is kind of a lifesaver to be honest, because <laughs> getting a bit lonely now at home. But um, no, it's been really good, and I've, I've I played cricket yesterday as well, which was a bit damp but fun. <laughs> I, I don't think you two realise cricket's fun, dear. But well, you just said you sat on a bench and it was fun. Um, <laughs> so no, <I'm> not. <laughs> I'll give it a go. I'll, I can sit on a bench. Sounds like what Joe Hart will be up to next season. And Danny, question to you. Someone in your life that you appreciate and why? Um, yeah, so when we came up with these questions, I had a little bit of a think. And I was tempted to say you pair, just for being great fellas. Um, <laughs> he's not going to. Yeah. But no, I'm, I'm not actually, I'm not. And, and I'm probably going to go down a bit of a... a, a, a stereotypical, a bit of an obvious way with this, but I'm going to go with Soph, I'm going to go with my girlfriend Soph, um, who I've written about a couple of things in the past and mentioned it a few times, but no, she is, um, she's absolutely brilliant and I appreciate being able to be with her every day and living in this house together and the things that she does for me and for us and for our relationship and the main thing that I appreciate from her is I feel like I get kind of like unconditional love from her, so you know, I, I'm sure I can be a bit of a pain in the arse to live with at times, and uh, you know, I'm not the easiest person. You know, with with the way kind of my mood can fluctuate and stuff, and and she's always very, very much the same every day and day in and day out, and, and you know, provides me with a lot of reassurance. So yeah, I'm gonna go with Soph. I'm gonna go with my girlfriend Soph for that one. And Ryan, you want to tell us the last thing that made you laugh out loud? 
Do you know what? I, I, I probably laugh out loud the most when I'm with you two, and it, it probably was about half an hour ago when I asked you how you were, and you said you were horny. It genuinely <laughs> probably was that. But I must admit, I laughed out loud the other day when no one was around, which is a strange thing to do, and it was actually based on Ant's tweet, where there was a picture of Adama Traore, who apparently doesn't work out, and Ant quoted it and said, <laughs> I've tried this, when will I see the results? <laughs> Which genuinely, genuinely made me lol. I thought I'd tell. I can't believe I've just said lol. That's disgusting. Um, I thought I'd tell him because I, I liked the tweet, but I don't think he appreciated how funny it was. So yeah, that, <laughs> that, that was very good. Do you know what I have to do the other day? You know, when you're thinking about this, there's something that makes you laugh out loud. Because quite, because things probably make you laugh out loud quite a lot, but like. So it's odds often to like remember yeah. all things. We've obviously spoken in the group about that Twitter account, you know, the no context scouts thing, right? There's a lad in my way called Jack, and he's from down south. And he said to me he hasn't got Twitter. Because I'll tell you what how it came up. Someone walked past our office and was playing that video, you know, it's Friday then. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all that one, right? And I, and he was like, What's that? And I was like, Oh, I love that video. And he was like, What video? And I was like, Are you not onto that video? And he was like, He was like, No, I don't really use Twitter or anything. So I showed him it and he was like, Oh, I'll class that. And then I said, You want to get Twitter and just follow No Context Scouts? So this is so funny. And he was like, What sort of stuff's on there? So I found the um, I don't know use, but use a sick video. <laughs> and like, I've watched that video like a hundred times. But like I got to show it to someone for the first time and like see their reaction to it. And he was just like he was like a mixture of like laughing but also just frightened at like what he was like, <laughs> what on earth is this here? And he was like, Is this like he was like, Where where are they? He was like, Why is the light on? Yeah. Like what are they all doing? Why has he got a hat on? And I was like I said just what I said it's just glorious. I said, it's funny, it's isn't absolutely it? glorious. I'm guilty that I love watching people's reaction to things. So I yeah. watch it and then I like show me dad or like I'll rewatch a film with someone, not because I want to see it again. I just want them to enjoy it how I enjoyed it. <laughs> it's class this next bit. It's class this next. Bit. Just wait, now. wait. Don't wait. get a cup of tea. <laughs> just like dying for them to see it. But yeah. I showed it to my dad as well. Did my dad was around the other night, and he'd not obviously because he's a dad. Yeah, he, yeah, he'd yeah. not seen it either. And then showing him the one of the the woman on the train, you know, where she's like, <laughs> "We've got scram pizzas." That one. And then all night he was just going here. I give you an hour, two at the most. <laughs> So that's it. Yeah, so I've enjoyed that most of this week as well. Well, that's a, a wrap from us. Thanks for, for listening. Anybody who was interested in finding out more about Andy's Man Club, um, they have a Twitter at Andy's Man Club UK. They also have individual Twitters as well for, uh, for, the, for the local clubs that they run. So if there is one in your area, search them out. The website is andysmanclub.co.uk and you can also email them at info at andysmanclub.co.uk. Next week, we have on the show Matt Piper. It'll also be uh, released on the same day as his book, Out of the Darkness. So keep your eye out for that. Uh, we're also looking to do a future raffle on that book as well. So we'll, we'll release those details on the socials. Um, and Danny, we have a special episode on Friday, if you want to tell everybody about that episode. Yeah, so we have the return of our Not For Me Clive, which is on Friday. This week's topic, we're talking about the relationship between masculinity and football fandom. So... That'll be the three of us uh, talking about that this week, and it'll be out on, on Friday. Brilliant. And, Pop, as always, do you want to give us the socials if anybody wants to hit us up online? Yeah, so you can find us on Twitter at Markin underscore man. Use the hashtag Where's the Talking Lads. And give us a little subscribe on iTunes as well, or wherever you get your podcast, and give us a little rating because 
we like to be told that we're good. Yeah. Yeah, if you're gonna tell us we're not good, then please don't. <laughs> Stay away. So thanks for your time today, lads. We're now gonna leave you with Andy's quick fire. Uh, we're man marking and we're asking ways to talk and lads. Um right, so Andy, you're obviously yeah. Yorkshire born and bred. how do you take your uh, do you know what? This is a question we asked on our podcast a couple of weeks ago as well. Um, <laughs> it's quite a divisive subject, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I'm I'm quite a staunch, as you can well imagine. There's only one type of tea bag I'll use. Yeah. Um, <laughs> What's that? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, Taylor's Yorkshire tea. It's non-negotiable. Um, <laughs> I'm very much put the water in. I would then leave it for two, three minutes ish. Um, you know, and I'm a bag squeeze as well. I'll get get the bag in the spoon, squeeze it against the side of the cup, make it look as, as muddy as I possibly can, and then introduce it to a bottle of milk. Like I say, <laughs> it, it literally gets nice one. How are you? And off you pop. Um, that very much like Ryan's approach. Oh, approach. yeah, you can't have milky tea, it's disgrace milky tea. It's got to yeah. be proper builder's brew, nice, uh, really dark. Yeah, yeah I it's, agree. A dash, it's a dash I, of milk. I made yeah. a cup of tea before and put in skimmed milk. I, I like my almond milk, to be honest, but there wasn't any. But um, put the skimmed in, it was completely off. It was just like pure lumps of milk going into oh, the cup of tea. Nice. And to make it worse, my daughter was just like, I've just had a bowl of cereal and it was fine. I was like, oh, no, that is yogurt. That's <laughs> damn stomach, that is. Yeah, it, it, it should be the colour as well of, you know, like a Quality Street toffee penny. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It like should be that sort of colour. Yeah. Yeah, it's a proper strong brew, isn't it? Yeah. Or what's the point? There's no point otherwise. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that said, I am more of a coffee drinker, but if I'm having a cup of tea, it's got to be right. So, Andy, um, favourite sporting memory? <sighs> favourite sporting memory? Um, one of them... <laughs> Do you know what? I'm going to go with, uh, it was around this time of the year as well. I we were I, I used to play amateur football and I was playing for a team in Huddersfield called Collegians. And we had a particular grudge match last game of the season. And if the team that we were playing against won, they'd have got promoted. And I managed to score from about 25 yards out. Now, I was never prolific. Um, and anybody that ever played against me knew that if you had me anywhere near the goal, show me onto my left foot and it's going nowhere. But I just managed to catch this ball right on the black square of my tongues and my Copa Mundials. And it <laughs> skyrocketed into the top corner. Um, and that that's one of my fondest memories, to be honest with you. It was a, a great goal. And like I said, I think it was because nobody expected it to come from me. Um, so that that's one of my most proud sporting memories. Favourite Leeds memory would probably be... Um, Probably your Bowers goal against Liverpool in '96. What that, was that Champions League game under? Was it O'Leary? Yeah, that season that we went Champions League. Yeah, it sort of tarnished, I suppose, in the the, the sort of sense of what it was built on. As far as mm. I'm concerned, it you know, it was fantastic while we were there. But now, sort of with retrospect and looking back on things, we know that it was built on absolute sand. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, um, wages. Exactly. Um, <laughs> you know, and don't get me wrong, I, I was as happy as anyone else when we were signing the likes of Robbie Fowler, but you don't need Robbie Fowler when you've got five other strikers on your books in your top of the league. 
Do you know yeah, what I mean? And, and all those sort of things that, you know, like I say, look, looking back on it now, yeah, it was great. It was fantastic. But it's tarnished. And I think, you know, th there's relationships with some of those players from that era as well that, you know, have been tainted um, in that respect from a personal perspective. So You try not to say the name Alan Smith. I'm trying not to say the name Harry Kewell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and since you've been working with, with Andy's Man Club, What's been yeah, yeah? Have you had any like standout moments? I yes, I've had. I, I could I could sit here and talk to you for the rest of the evening um, about standout moments with Andy's Man Club, but quite um, a reoccurring thing I think for the guys that were there and involved with it was last uh, last September we hired two tour buses, um, like actual tour buses, and drove around the country on them over the course of a weekend just going out and visiting every area that we had um, a club in and throwing out T-shirts, stickers, you know, taking pictures in those areas, doing videos and just, do you know what I mean? Just going out and banging the drum about yeah. Andy's club. But to be on those buses, and like I said, they were like hotels on wheels. They had beds in them. They had PlayStations on them. They, they were phenomenal things. Well, it's like, like I think a band did go on tour. It. Yeah, definitely. Well, well, one of them a couple of weeks previously had had Beyonce on it. And one of them a couple of weeks previously had had the Foo Fighters on it. Wow. You know, so they were actual tour buses. And one went up north towards Scotland, up to the groups we've got in Scotland. One of them went south and went through Wales to the club we've got in South Wales and then down to Devon um, and picked up Peterborough and Sheffield and what have you on the way back up. It, like I said, to sit with those guys on that bus, every single one of them, a guy who, you know, the stories that were told on that bus over the course of the weekend, it was just like a 48-hour-long Andy's Man Club. It was phenomenal. That sounds um, amazing. That sounds like amazing. The buses were all liveried up as well. They had our logo on them and Andy's Man Club written across the side of them as well, and it was it was stunning. The yep. bond that was grown on that bus and our bus as well, we actually had Billy on it. Billy's Andy's dad. Um, and obviously, he, he travelled around the country and saw all these people that were benefiting from you know, obviously the, the, the tragic loss of his son. So, you know, it was really powerful. Um, but, yeah, staggering. Yeah. If we could be alive, Andy, during one moment in history, would it be? One moment in history? Christ. Uh, it's like being at a question four and five at Andy's man club then. <laughs> the bonus of it is, though, that I set those questions so I can think about my answers. <laughs> um, one moment in history. Do you know what? As we're on a sporting podcast, I'll go with uh, I'll I'll pick two. I'll pick Leeds United lifting the league in 1992, and I'll pick Halifax Rugby League lifting the Challenge Cup at Wembley in 1987. And uh, Andy, best city in the world, in your opinion? Uh, Warsaw. For a second, there, I thought you said Warsaw. Know, right? <laughs> yeah. no, um, I visited Warsaw. My, my wife's Polish. Um, and I went, and it's just a great place. Most embarrassing fashion decision you made as a teenager? <laughs> Do you know what? I've probably got embarrassing fashion moments going on now. Uh, <laughs> but it's all right, because we're in lockdown. <laughs> Do you know what? I once I borrowed a shirt off my brother to go round to a mate's house. Do you know, like, when you're sort of 16, going round to your mate's house is like your equivalent of going clubbing, in it. Yeah. <laughs> we were just going out to my mate's house to sort of watch TV and maybe try and see if we could get somebody to buy us four cans outside a shop or something like that. <laughs> I, I borrowed this shirt of my brother's and it was like, um, 
do you know what? I think it might have been a Jean Paul Gaultier or something like that. And it, it, do you know what I mean? Sure. Proper, proper shirt. <laughs> um, oh, no, it, it was like you could tell he wanted it home when I borrowed it because he used to keep it under lock and key. Um, <laughs> and I paired it with a pair of high tech trainers. <laughs> That's like the fashion now, though, isn't it? It's like so random. It's a bit of AC yeah. is but with trainers. Yeah. It sounds like what you'd see in Concert Square. <laughs> So yeah, that, that, that was a bit of a dubious one. But yeah, that's... The, the clothes that I'm wearing now, because like I said, the clothes that I wear are down to my music tastes. Uh, I, I wear an awful lot of, you know, jeans and stuff like that. So that, the stuff I was wearing as a teenager is still the sort of same stuff I'm wearing now. <laughs> Do you know what I love about... Um, Minus the high-tech trainers, though, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm, I'm more on Adidas now. <laughs> You've upgraded. Yeah, definitely. Redknapp shows he's recovered by climbing well into that header. Dorigo towards Wallace, back here. And there's the strike! Wonderful goal! Wonderful Yabar! Boy, do they love him at Ellen Road. James never saw it. Well, he did it to West Ham on Saturday. And this man is quite sensational around the goal-scoring area. He doesn't even look up. Dorigo whacks it in there. Wallace nods it down. And look at that for a venomous strike. Tony Yaboa, the new darling of Ellen Road, hammers it into the roof of the Liverpool net. And his record now is 15 in 20 games. And that is why. 51 minutes gone at Ellen Road. Leeds 1 Liverpool 0. You won't to see many more spectacular goals than that all season. <laughs>